Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. Um, thank you for joining us, Allison. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So now um, let's let's start with some of the basics. Um, numerology. First of all, um, what is it? Well, it's an ancient divination tool um, that dates back uh, ages. It has ties to uh, ancient cultures such as Rome, Egypt, Greece, China. You know, it's really based upon the teachings of Pythagoras that lived in 560 A.D. So we're talking knowledge that goes way back. And when people think in terms of numerology and numbers, they think in terms, when you think of numbers, you think of adding and subtracting them. You think of, you know, mathematics, but really what numerology is saying is that numbers are actually energy. And so each number is representative of a certain energy. And basically what numerology does is it takes the name that you were given at birth and your date of birth and then using very specific calculations you know, you come up with numbers that would identify what your energy is and certainly, you know, give indications about why you're here and what your purpose is. So for me, you know, numerology is like an ancient divination tool that is um, really surprisingly accurate being this far removed from source. It's just an amazing tool. I, I also noticed um, in, in reading in that um, how you talked about um numbers and stuff and 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 now you go by um the the january 1st rather than a birth date is that correct am i yes you're absolutely correct yes and so well you're talking about personal year i'm assuming right yes sorry mm-hmm. so how how does that go like how do how do, what's i didn't realize like i'm just getting into this and i didn't realize there was a controversy on that at all or a, a difference of opinion i guess well, there is a, certainly, it, this is one of the things, like especially with students that come to you, the reason why they come to you is they want answers, you know, because even in astrology, there is not necessarily a, a 100% agreement among, amongst astrologers. And the same thing goes for numerology. There's certain things. It's not just the personal year. There's other aspects of numerology that not all numerologists uh, agree on. Personal year is just one of them. Some numerologists would say that it's a birthday-to-birthday vibration for the personal year, and others would say that it's a January 1st. It really depends on which book you read. And, you know, what I have found is that some of the most respected numerologists, the ones with the greatest body of work, the ones um, that uh, you would certainly give credence to their work, um, say January 1st. But... I think it takes more than just that. I think it takes more than just somebody saying. And, you know, I'm a skeptic myself in the sense that if something um, bothers me, if I can't figure it out, I'm going to do the research on it. I'm going to do the background on it. I'm going to um, prove it to myself. You know, I'm not going to take something at face value. So um, just recently I wrote this um, blog, um, blog spot, uh, that really goes into exact details on people's lives, uh, more or less indicating, you know, what their date of birth is, what personal year they were in, exactly what transpired in that year, and how it aligns to a January 1st start date. Um, 
So, you know, I've done a lot of research on it, but certainly even more so, when you have a body of experience of doing the thousands of readings that I've done, you know, obviously I'm going to listen to my clients and listen to their stories and listen to what's transpiring in their lives. And when you, you listen to that, there's the validation that comes from that, you know, that really uh, solidifies my opinion on when the personal year starts. Oh, and actually, you know, so I should uh, introduce you as in like, uh, so where did you get your start and where did it come from for you um, with numerology? Well, I actually, even as a child, I was interested in the metaphysical. I was interested in, you know, I, I took out books at the library on meditation and was practicing doing that. And this is back, you know, in the early 60s when this really wasn't a phenomenon that was uh, something that was going on all over the world the way it is now. It was just something that wasn't done. I used to go to the library um, in the summer uh, when we were off from school, and once I found uh, the, the one section in the library on metaphysics, I started taking out books, and one day I discovered Juno Jordan's book, Romance in Your Name, and that's, uh, if you understand uh, Juno Jordan, um, she literally uh, spent her whole entire life studying numerology and also enhancing our knowledge on numerology. And uh, Juno actually had the Institute of Numbers in California where she brought together some of the greatest metaphysical minds of the time to study numerology and and publish the results. So that was the book that I found as a child. And I can remember taking my allowance. I had 25 cents at the time, I think, Penny Candy and (laughs) Juno Jordan book. And, you know, I went home and started uh, reading it and doing calculations on my brothers and sisters trying to figure them out. Um, So that's where I really discovered it, really young in life, you know, 11. Now, you know, I was used, I I had a very strange relationship with numbers from very early on as well. Uh, I wish I could say that I, you know, was a child prodigy uh, and jumped right into a numerology career, but I don't think that's really possible when you're 11. Um, But it was something I was interested in all my life. Uh, When I finally decided to go professional was around the year 2000 and um, you know that's really when a lot of people were telling me that you know I could use this as a tool to help people understand their lives and you know I was you know really being pushed in that direction so as far as the professional aspects of it it centers more around 2000 but I actually discovered it as a child and used it you know uh, you know read about it um, any books on it I, I would read as a child and growing up and and I think before I went professional, I actually did readings for friends, friends of family, that sort of thing. Wow, that's that's pretty interesting. How, I guess these are, you know, pretty, this is a pretty general question, but how does numerology work? How does it work? Yeah, that's, it's, I know it's kind of a, that that's a big question. Um, it's a big question. But in, in general... Um, so someone would understand it that that's listening, let's say, that doesn't really know much about it. In in, okay. in a basic ex- explanation, how would it work? Well, the way you have to understand that when you give a numerologist the information, the name on your birth certificate and your date of birth, um, that really holds the information um, for your life. It's kind of like the GPS system, you know, to to guide you through your life. Each letter represents something, each number represents something. And a numerologist is going to take that information and run calculations on it. There's various different kinds of calculations for coming up with various different aspects of your own personal numerology chart. Once you get the numbers, then it's just a matter of, you know, being able to explain what that number is and how that influences you. So, you know, if you're looking at your own numerology chart, what can it tell you? Well, it absolutely can tell you what your talents and abilities are. Um, you know, and, and, and that can be an extremely useful tool, you know, as far as guidance in life, knowing what you would be good at. It will tell you what your soul came to do, meaning what was it that the soul came to achieve in this lifetime? What is the mission? It can tell you what your challenges are in life. And, you know, everyone, it doesn't matter who we are, we all have challenges written into our numerology chart. Everyone does. So when you understand what your challenges are, um, that can help you to overcome them 
much quicker, you know, identify them and, and understand what is needed and then overcome them. And that certainly helps you, you know, be more successful. And numerology also, besides the fact that it's identifying who you are as a person, what your talents and our abilities are, but it explains why you feel the way you do, why you decide to do the things you do, why, why the things that are important to you are important, why you dream the dreams you dream. You know, it, it definitely um, focuses in on everything that makes you the unique person that you are. And then you can go even further into a numerology chart, and it's also telling you the road that you're on. You know, the pathway, how do you take these talents and abilities, and how do you progress through life, and what are your opportunities? Are you going to have opportunities to use these talents? You know, there's a pathway that's written through the pinnacles, and this is one of the reasons why when we all reflect on our lives, we understand that we have shifted and changed and evolved. And circumstances have changed in our life. Well, the pinnacles very often are the reason for that because the energy has shifted and changed in our lives, throughout our lives. And if we understand what the pinnacles are, then we can understand what is being asked of us and how to proceed through that time in our life and get the best possible results. So it's really smart to be able to understand your pinnacles. And then you can just continue on and on and on and you can look at um, the energy that applies to the year, such as the transits, the essences, the personal year, the personal months, which really that comes in with a, a much finer look at a very smaller piece of time. It's almost like taking a magnifying glass out. and Instead of looking at the entire life, you can hone in on one year in a person's life, and then you're able to understand what, are, what energy is inter- influencing this person this year. And and how is this going to create their experiences? And certainly, what are their opportunities this year? So it's not so much about defining a person's energy, but it's also giving you a clear direction in life um, and so that you can understand what's going on in your life and what the purpose is and also, like I say, to make better decisions in your life to use that energy to your advantage. So... You know, a numerology chart appears to be simple enough, but it's actually rather complex. And it's, it really is offering you a book of information on your life, if you're willing to open that book. Hmm. And so what happens, like we talk about, you know, you take the the name off the birth certificate and the, the year and the personal month. What if, what if your parents were going to call you one name <laughs> and they changed it to another? Or what if you change your name? Does that make a difference? Okay, well, generally speaking, um, parents, I think, play a huge role in naming their child. And a lot of that is done because it feels right, if you understand the feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go through a list of names, and that one's not right, that one, no, not that one, no, not that one. But when they hit the name that feels right, that's the name they name the child. So I put a huge amount of credence on what the parents have chosen to name the child. That usually is what is on the birth certificate. Now, if the parents, let's say, chose one name and then said that's not right, that it didn't feel right to them and they changed the name, then certainly I would look at what the parents decided was the right name. But when we change our names, let's say I don't like my name and I change it to something I like better, you know, that doesn't have as much influence as the name that I was given on my birth certificate. That's what we call a minor vibration. It can add to or could take away from the original energy that was found in the name on the birth certificate. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's my best answer. Yeah. Oh, no, I I asked that only because I know that my parents had a different name picked out for me. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was a name. My <laughs> this is a funny one. The name they had for me was Shelley. Uh-huh. They thought I was going to be a girl. They thought you were going to be a girl. Well, this is before they could tell. Uh huh. I think they were going by how long it was taking and all this because sure. I was born in '62. So this was like um, a time before that. You know, you would know. You know, get tested and know. So they they were picking out girl names for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm not a girl. <laughs> of course. 
Um, but so, so the name was changed, and I think they had to come up with my name differently. I don't um, know if that makes sense, but, you know, and how much... Um, oh, so, so I'm just, I just wonder about how much that would have influenced my life. Do you know how they wanted to spell Shelley? Um, you know, I couldn't give you an exact, see, both parents are deceased now. And, mm-hmm. uh, my mother was sick when I was quite young, so I couldn't give you a direct mm-hmm. answer to that. But I'm assuming it was name. It, it was a name that was taken after a relative of my mother's. So mm-hmm. it would have been spelled in that way, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a five vibration, the Shelley with an E. Um, and yours is spelled A-L-L-A-N? No, just A-L-A-N, actually. A-L. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that the Allen is a one and the Shelley is a five, I mean... There is a significant difference to that. But what's really interesting is if you look at the cornerstone, which is the first letter of the name, AJ and S are all ones. And and usually the cornerstone is speaking about how you approach things. Um, how, you know, like um, someone with an A, like I'm an Allison and you're an Allen. So we're direct straight and to the point. We have a certain amount of leadership ability as well, you know. Right. So it's interesting to me that the numbers that correspond with A's are the S's and the J's. So they nailed that, the fact that you needed to have a cornerstone that was indicating that you would be a straight direct to the point and have leadership ability. So S or A is kind of the same thing. So that's one thing that's kind of similar between the two. When you were talking, I just thought that was interesting. I was just wondering mm-hmm. if it it would have actually made a difference Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, if I mean if it was a, a woman, well, it would it, be different. But um, just the naming, um, when parents do that, right? Well, the name, you know, it's very possible that when when you put it all together, the full name it might have even have had the same vibration. You understand? Right. It may actually the full name of what Shelley blank. You know, it would have been the three names might have been the same vibration of what you've got. Because usually, what I have found, which I think is really interesting is when children are adopted, they usually have a name that's on their birth certificate and then they're adopted into a family and usually given another name. And what always amazes me is the adopted name is usually the same vibration as the name that was given on the birth certificate. It just is in a different, it's a different, it looks different, but it's actually the same vibration. So I find that quite often happening. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Um, so now, what do we what do we what do we do with numerology as a, as a, as your clients? So when your client contacts you, in general, what are they looking for? Well, I would say that I wish that a lot of people um, called because their life was going fantastic and everything was coming up roses and there was rainbows and unicorns <laughs> and everything was perfect. You know, that would be awesome. Just doesn't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, I find quite often that people call because they're at crossroads in their life or perhaps they're having some difficulties and trying to understand. Um, A lot of people call and just because they want to understand uh, where to go, you know, like with their careers or, you know, some people could be in the middle of a divorce and uh, some people call for compatibility, like, is this person right for me? I have... You know, the, the amount of different reasons that people call um, usually are trying to understand something that is important to them. And usually it has to do with being at a crossroads in their life and understand themselves better. Um, I think um, some people just are curious and are looking to understand themselves. I think one of the... Um, if you don't mind, I think one of the best things about a numerology reading is the sense that we all know who we are. I mean, why wouldn't we? We live with ourselves. We know who we are. And so it's really nice to have a perfect stranger come along, and they've never met you, never spent any time with you, know nothing about you. But using numerology, they literally can define you and talk about you like they've known you all their lives. 
you know, that's the one of the things that people always say to me when I do a reading. It's like, oh, my God, how do you know those things? Well, I'm looking at your numbers, and that's what they're telling me. So sometimes getting a, a numerology reading can be a wonderful thing because it validates who you are as a person. It validates your talents and abilities. And sometimes when a person doesn't believe in themselves, doesn't believe that they're talented, but they suspect it, they think it, it's something they're interested in, but they just don't, maybe they don't have the confidence to push them in that direction. You come along as a numerologist and you say, and I'm just going to use the example, you have amazing writing ability written into your chart. So maybe that prompts that person to have the courage to write a book. Or I can remember one example a long, long time ago. Um, this lovely young woman, her family was in business. Uh, they had a business. And, of course, everyone in the family went into business. And... Um, they had prompted her to go to school and become an accountant. And I'm looking at energy in her chart that was telling me star quality. I mean, this person, as I saw it, would never be happy in accounting. This person belonged on stage or out in front of people or doing something very creative and artistic. And she wanted to do those things as a child, but her parents told her it wasn't practical. That you couldn't make a living at that. But working in the family business, you certainly could. So they directed her in that direction. And shortly after uh, the reading, she um, went to a repertory theater and applied for a small part. And uh, one part led to another part, which led to another acting part. And she became um, known for being an actor in this very small little company. Well, I guess a producer from um, New York happened to be at um, one of these productions and spotted her and invited her to go to New York. And uh, she, the reason why I know is she called me so incredibly excited, so incredibly happy that she was going to have an opportunity to do something um, in New York on Broadway. And this was... I validated something she had known about herself by saying that you are talented, you need to believe in this. And because of that, she took that tiny little step towards it. And, of course, you know, it was meant to be. Um, but I, that, those are the kind of stories that really make me happy. You know, I get those feedback from my clients. I guess you must get some surprising or sort of uh, perhaps scarier readings or, 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 or do. Do you get some of those or...? Scarier readings? I, I think that um, I've always been true in my expression of what I see in the charts. And sometimes, I will be honest with you, I wish that I had a magic eraser and I wish I could erase numbers out of people's charts. Because I see the difficulties or I see um, things like health or divorce or sometimes financial issues, sometimes, you know, difficulty. I wish that I could make it go away, but I can't. Um, I wouldn't call it scary because I, I think that if we're all being realistic in life, um, we all learn through our experiences, and adversity is a great teacher. And I think that we've learned some of our greatest lessons from the times that tried our strength and tried our resolve. You know, that's where we learn the most. Um, so I don't think that adversity is something to be fearful of. I, I think that what I try to do is help my clients to understand that I see something in their chart that looks to be difficult. And I give them, um, try to shift their perception in how they look at it because how you look at something makes all the difference in how you experience it. So I try to help them to shift their perspective as to how they see it, what potentially um, is the lesson in it all, um, I certainly, uh, I love the thing I love most about numerology. It gives, the knowledge of numerology gives amazing advice to people how to deal with situations. So I also give them the advice that I know that comes from the numbers in order how to navigate the adversity. Um, so what I try to do is empower them and encourage them and also reassure them that it doesn't matter what's happening in your life at any given moment, everything is subject to change. And ultimately, this too will pass, and you're moving into better energy down the road. But I am a realist. I'm not the kind of person that, if you come to me, I'm not going to paint you a picture of perfection. I'm going, if you want a fairy tale, then 
I guess somebody else would be more appropriate. What I do is I just tell you what's there, and I explain to you, you know, what that energy is and try to empower you to use that to your best possible, you know, potential. Right. And so, so well, how does someone know then? So um, there's a person out there listening, and they're sort of sparked, they're interested in, in getting a reading. How would they know who to select, or is there um, some sh- signs of a, a good numerologist? Or There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't want to say bad one, but what, what should they look for? Well, I really believe that um, looking at their body of experience, you know, almost like a resume, you know, um, what, what have they done? What are their accomplishments? How long have they been doing it? Uh, certainly, testimonials are important. Uh, what does somebody else think about what they're reading is? Who recommends them? Um, I, I have a testimonial page on, on mine, and I, I assure you I didn't even put half the ones that I get. Um, I'm recommended by two uh, other numerologists. So, you know, I think it it's, um, says something when two uh, professional and very respected numerologists recommend you or give you a testimonial. I'm on John Holland's um, page as, as a, you know, uh, a link. Uh, so I think looking to see who recommends this person, what is their body of experience. I think it's important to read the website, you know, read the articles. Um, if you have an opportunity to listen to a radio show and hear that person in action, that's also good because you're connecting to their energy, and I will be perfectly frank with you, that like draws like. So if someone needs someone like me, someone that has the knowledge but also has a more nurturing sort of a nature, somebody that has, you know, an upbeat kind of ability to inspire, to make you feel better, they're going to be drawn towards my energy 
And I find that I draw a lot of people towards me that actually uh, we have the same numbers, you know, because they, they connect to something in me. I, I, I really feel that I don't care what field you're in, whether you're a numerologist, astrologer, a medium, a psychic, I don't care. You're going to pull people towards you that have like energy to you. And I think that that's really the way it works out there. So I don't know if that answered your question. I might have got a little lost there. No, I? no, that's good. It's, it's just about giving someone a, an idea and a feel for what they should be listening for, maybe. Sure. Uh, you know, well, I think that, that I don't like to know anything about my clients. I don't want to know anything in advance. Um, and I think that that's a sure sign of somebody that has integrity, you know, um, because for me, it's about me proving it to you. It's about me and my delivery and what I'm doing for you that it leaves you no doubt that there is something to numerology, that there's something valid about it. And trust me, I've done a readings for a lot of skeptics. Um, mm-hmm. I think that everyone should be a little skeptical, you know, when they're seeking out. Um, and I think maturity also is, I think, something that's really important. You could understand numerology really, really well. Um, but you also have to understand that you're working with people that are listening to your every word and hanging on your every word. And that's a responsibility. You have a responsibility there. You know, I try to do the best possible job that I can for my clients. It's, it's a matter of integrity for me to give them the best possible reading they can possibly get. But also, you know, to work with them, to empower them and help them to understand their lives. I think delivery is everything, too. Right. So I was going to ask this about uh, how you think numerology is perceived in the in the public. Like it's been pretty popular. The whole paranormal side of the world, like uh, even astrology, everything's kind of gained a lot of popularity in the last ten years. Um, mm-hmm. Is there? Do you think there's a reason for that? Absolutely. I think that once we entered the two thousands, and if you go back, you know this was a time when, and I know for a fact that I've stood in front of uh, audiences um, and asked them to raise their hand, how many of them became open to being more spiritual and being open to things such as numerology and astrology since the year 2000, and about every hand in the room goes up. Uh, When you talk to your friends, um, or or even if you look at the explosion on the internet since the year 2000, and the 2000 really brought that energy in. It was kind of like the energy that allowed this awakening, you know, and this growth um, of love, of enlightenment, um, all these things. That energy is what's bringing it in, you know. So for me, um, and even more, even more so interesting is is how children are being named now. I mean, people don't realize this, but GYP are sevens. Uh, those are the letters that represent sevens. Um, prior to 1980, very few people had those those letters in their name. Very few. But since the year 1980, there's an explosion where the Y is being substituted for I. Um, and children, like I was looking at my grandson's um, class list, and I think they're it was for kindergarten, so there must have been 16 students in this class, and out of the 16, 14 had a Y in their name, or a P, or some seven of some sort. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to you right now, or even to the listeners, but seven is a number that represents spirituality, wisdom, seeking the truth, looking beneath the surface, questioning, seeking your connection to your soul and to the divine. It's the spiritual energy that represents one foot, in the spiritual realm and one foot here on the physical realm. And the fact that so many people were missing that seven, maybe it wasn't meant to be, maybe the time wasn't right, you know, for people to be um, open and, and, and awakened. But I really believe that 2000 was the mark that energy came in and allowed for it. And so many people have come to a much more spiritual outlook on their connection to their belief system now than ever before. So 2000 was the, that was the opening of that doorway. Yeah. Where do you see it going? Do you see it getting better? I feel on the energy of the 2000s, like if we go back to the 1900s, okay, 
19 is, is a karmic number and it represents abuse of power. The 1 is represents the me, the I, the ego. The 9 represents humanity. Um, 1 is more aggressive and I think that the wars, uh, when you go through all the world wars and all the wars that went on and under that type of energy um, and dictatorships and also, you know, if we look about, it's all about me, it's about money, power, greed, all those things come in with that energy, okay? Since the year 2000, though, the, that sort of thing is not going to be able to be sustained under the energy of the two, with the two being on watch. The divine feminine energy comes in and becomes much more important, and it will grow, and I think we're going to see a lot more women stepping up to the plate and taking leadership positions or coming into power or people may be deferred to the divine feminine energy under the influence of the two whereas before in the 1900s it was about the me it was about the ego it was about everything you know even the aggression and that sort of thing um i think in the two it's about cooperation it's about for the good of all um so we've seen dictators and 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 we've seen unprecedented um you know falling and of collapsing of dictatorships, deaths even of dictators since the year 2000. I think we're going to see this, um, whatever stands for the old is has no way to survive in the 2000s. It, it has to either evolve or it will not be able to survive. So the two represents love and it represents cooperation and it represents peace and harmony. It represents not being about the one. It's about being the all. So will this continue? Yes. But before you can get there, there has to be a certain amount of destruct, meaning before we get to the love and the light and peace and, you know, we have to break down the systems that are already existing in order to rebuild it on better ground. So this is a very interesting time to be on the planet because we're seeing things being broken down and restructured. And we'll continue to see that until ultimately only the two is left. You understand? Yeah. So it's kind of a bumpy road getting there. but It will be, yes. And and so how do you, what, what kind of predictions did you come up with or do you come up with predictions in numerology for let's say this year or maybe next year or close future, like uh, do you do that sort of thing? Yes. Uh, well, I usually look at the year and I do predictions on a yearly basis. So um, anyone that would, you know, you could actually go to my website, visiblebynumbers.com, and um, you can go to the resource page and read the predictions. One of the predictions that I predicted in 2014 was about police brutality, and I literally wrote that prediction well before 2014 came in that this would come to light and we would be addressing it um, and there's no question that that was a theme of um, the 2014 things oh, come to light under that energy mm -hmm. um, and you I invite people to go and and look at those predictions and you know make up their own minds the um, 2015 uh, is an eight universal year. Eight is a karmic number. As as above, so below. What goes, whatever you sow, is you're going to reap. This is what this year is about. The eight has everything to do with money, power, finances, um, and it potentially could be really good for um, moving forward for some companies, for some countries. You know, um, helpful. But the eight is also a karmic reckoning. So. If we have unethical behavior or if we have, you know, buildings or companies that are not built on solid financial ground and based on good financial decisions, this is going to be a karmic reckoning year. So one of the things that I really feel is we're going to be seeing this transpire as we move through this year with economies that are not sound, with banking institutions or companies that are unethical or not sound. We're going to be seeing a lot of emphasis on money, power, you know, and what the wrongs need to be righted under this energy. But at the same flip side of that coin, you know, if a company is built on, you know, I, I really feel that, that where companies need to go, and we are seeing this, is paying their, their workers a decent wage. Um, 
you know, this has become a very greedy, greed-orientated culture. Um, and But it's it's not about how much money does, does the people that own the company or the CEOs have. It's about, you know, distributing that, you know, to the workers, you know, not making products so expensive that you're making a ridiculous profit on it. You know, this is all part of that. You know, if you if you have that consciousness about running a company and doing it for the good of all, you'll fare very well under this energy. And if you don't, you won't. I think one of the um, I think one of the amazing examples would be Milton Hershey. And I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, the Hershey candy bars, the Hershey Kisses, or even. Um, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and the huge amusement park and all the things that go with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but if you really study him, um, he believed in his workers, and he believed in giving back and making sure that they had good wages and that they were happy to come to work for him. And not only that, but he took the profits and he poured it into the town where his workers lived. And if you ever go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you, you look at their schools, their soccer fields, their hospitals, their swimming pools, their public grounds, the city itself, you know that this man appreciated the people that worked for him and he poured that money back into them. And that's an example of, because he had more than enough money, he, he, he was, a, well, in that time, probably a millionaire times 10, but, but he had more than enough money and, and he realized how much do I need and where do I need to put the rest of it. That's an example, example of somebody, the way we need to start doing business. How much money do you need, and and are you being fair and ethical? And those are questions you need to ask yourself moving forward. Now, how how do you deal with um, the religious aspect? Like I know that in a lot of the different paranormal fields, um, I, I interview a lot of people and talk with a lot of people, and there's always seems to be a little bit of a, you know, a, um, I, I don't want to say controversy, but a little bit of a backlash that it's kind of like uh, devil's work or it's uh, it's uh, numerology and tarot reading and mediums and uh, you hear a lot of that stuff. And um, how, how, so how does that affect you or how do you react to something like that? Well, the way that I, I look at it is is I was born and raised a Catholic and went to parochial school for the most part of my life. And it never resonated with me, even as a child. I can remember sitting in a church pew hearing the story of Adam and Eve and how I had this sin that I was you know, could be punished for because of something they did. And I can remember thinking as a child, and I was looking at it through a child's eyes, I thought, okay, so you're telling me that God is mad at me because of something these people named Adam and Eve did, so he's continuing to punish me. And I don't even know Adam and Eve, and then you're, yet you're telling me that this God is love, and he loves me. Well, if he loves me, then why is he punishing me for something I didn't do? And it didn't make any sense to me, okay? So that's me at seven. But when I got out of parochial school, I was set about to find my God, because that didn't make sense to me. I, I assure you, I went to every church I could think of. I'm thinking, maybe the Methodist has got this down. Maybe it's the Baptist that got the message straight. You know, yeah. and I started pursuing and looking at various different shirts, looking for my God. I will tell you that numerology has the one single most important tool to connect me to my God, because to me, this embodies Christ. And and whether you want to call it Christ, the divine, I don't care what you want to call it, it embodies love. Um free will choice. It embodies all the aspects of spiritual philosophy, all that is good, all that is beautiful, all that is what God is. And to me, when you understand numerology and you under, not only understand it, but you listen to those stories of people's lives, they're demonstrating it every single day of their lives. And so it connects you to the fact that you are a spiritual being having a physical existence. It connects you to the fact that God is always there for you and he loves you. It connects you to the fact that there should never be anything such as judgment, that we shouldn't judge each other, that we should just simply accept each other as we find each other. You know, I was not necessarily the most tolerant person. I was not the most forgiving person. 
I was had a tendency to be judgmental. The one thing that numerology taught me was to love and embrace all people, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because we're all on this journey where our souls are evolving as we go through our experiences. And to me, it's a beautiful thing that transpires in our lives. And so this numerology is spiritual philosophy in action. It demonstrates it. It shows it. It gives proof of it. You could take all the greats, the greats for spiritual philosophy, all of them. Um, Neil Donald Waltz, you could take any wonderful spiritual teacher out there. Um, Edgar Tolle, you could take uh, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Everything that they teach is demonstrated in numerology. So if anything, where I couldn't find my faith or I couldn't find something that made sense to me elsewhere, without question I found it. And I know that this this is truth. And so, you know, for people that feel otherwise, my my thing about skeptics is this. It's not, you can't judge something that you have no knowledge of, that you haven't tried, that you haven't given time and energy to understand and used and allowed itself to prove itself to you one way or another. And until you've done that, what you, you, you don't know anything about it. But once you begin to use it, it, it has a tendency to prove itself. And so it'd be like me using the analogy that I'm not going to go into an operating room and, and look at a brain surgeon and say, hey, I don't think you're doing that right. Why would I do that? I don't even know how to pronounce the tools he's using. I have never been to school. I've never studied medicine. So I'm not going to criticize a brain surgeon. I'm assuming that he's studied and he knows what he's doing. Same thing goes with numerology. Once you begin to use it, understand it, you begin to understand how incredibly accurate it is. And once you've done that, then you're entitled to have an opinion whether or not it works. But until you do that, you know, you know you're doing a disservice. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so now, speaking to your soul through numerology, now that's the book you've written. Um, tell us a little bit about that, how you how you uh, started writing that and what it's about. Well, I think um, we all have, in all honesty, I was being pushed right, left, and sideways to write. I teach numerology. I teach teleconference classes. I've had students for, for years now. And all of them said, Allison, for God's sakes, write it down. We need, you need, we, we're tired of you referring us to other books. They're great, but we would like you to write your own book. So it was through the encouragement of my students that I decided to write the book. But also it was like to get it off my back. You know, sometimes there's just something that you just feel you have to do. Um, and I was kind of driven to do it. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do was to, uh, when you study a lot of numerology books, they tend to, uh, a lot of them are old. Um, a lot of them, the language is antiquated, it, and, and it doesn't really apply to the now, to this the times that we're living in. So what I wanted to do was to be able to translate that ancient knowledge into a message that applied to people living today. Um, to update it, so to speak. Not change the meanings of the numbers by any means, but just simply to update the language in which you present that. Uh, I wanted to create a, a, a reference book, you know, for my, you know, if you wanted to reference the essences or the transits or the meanings of the personal years. I wanted to give people a tool, like if they could figure out their own numbers. I mean, judge for yourself. If, if you can calculate your own numbers and then read the meanings, it's either going to make sense to you or it's not. So this gives you an opportunity to, to weigh in on whether or not this book is speaking to your soul or not. So it basically was like throwing my hat into the ring or here's my two cents or this is what I've learned through my experience and putting it into book form. Well, that's great. And now you also write um, articles on numerology for OM Times magazine as well, right? Yes, I do. Okay, and how did you get on that? Like, what's what is OM Magazine for people that don't know? It's one of the leading um, online spiritual magazines, I think, in the world. It's international. Um, they have um, some amazing uh, contributors uh, to their magazine. 
articles and whatnot. Um, I can't, I'd, I'd like to say that I can remember exactly how I got connected to Ohm Times. I think I was asked as a numerologist um, to write articles, and so I agreed because I respect the magazine so much um, because it, it certainly is a voice um, for people that are interested in spiritual philosophy and all aspects of it. Um, and so it, to me it's a complete and total honor to be associated with Ohm Times. Okay. And so now how do people get a hold of you um, if people want to uh, use you for a reading or, or um, speak to you in some way? How do you suggest people get a hold of you? Well, they're welcome to visit my website, which has all the contact information, and that's visiblebynumbers.com, which is V-I-S-I-B-L-E by B-Y numbers.com. And uh, they're welcome to visit the website, uh, or they can Google Visible by Numbers, and I'm sure they'll find it, or Google Allison Bachman, and I'm sure you'll find it. But um, there's uh, information on the various different kinds of readings uh, that you can get. Uh, there's explanation, you know, if you're on the fence, or there's articles. Um, like one of the questions that I get all the time is about repetitive numbers. So, you know, I probably sat down and wrote an article so I could refer people to that. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you wanted to email or there's a phone number, it's certainly there as well. So visiblebynumbers.com. I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Google+. Plus. So uh, you can find me somewhere. All, all those medium, medium now. Um, okay. Well, we're going to also have that attached to our website, of course, and we'll have uh, your book on there and how to get it. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talk about numerology. Well, I appreciate your asking me some great questions, so thanks so much, Alan. You're welcome. Thank you. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.